Listening to Real Talk SLP with your host, Felice Clark, the Deviling Speechy. This is a show to help speech pathologists navigate the SLP world with real life stories to celebrate therapy successes and how to persevere when failure comes knocking on your door. Hey, 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 Rockstar SLPs. This is Felice Clark, the Dabbling Speechy, and we are on another episode of the Real Talk SLP podcast. Today, I'm going to be telling you three reasons why I use themes longer than a week. Now, if you've listened to episode 44, you know why I like using themes because I can cover a wide range of goals and, and cover a lot of age groups with a theme. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, I highly encourage you to go to episode 44 to learn how you can cover various goals using a themed-based approach. But today, we're going to be talking about why you can use them longer than a week and why I think it's a good idea. So let me ask you a question. Do you ever find yourself scrambling to find enough activities to cover your pre-K, fifth grade caseload? Um, or some of you might be have, you might have a K-8 caseload, a kindergarten to eighth grade caseload. Have you ever served a caseload where you had elementary in the middle school? That's a lot of different ages. And within that, there's probably a lot of different treatment areas that you are responsible for doing. I have found myself in this position more times than I can count. I've had a combination of pre-K to fifth grade, pre-K to sixth grade, and there was even a time when I was serving K-8. Um, another time I had middle school and high school for a year. So I have had those types of caseload assignments where I am seeing a wide range of students and, and goals. And then, then we have all of our SLP friends who have a gigantic caseload. So not only are you serving a wide range of students, you also have, you know, 80, 90, 100 kids on your caseload. And so a lot of times when I when I would have these caseload assignments, not only was I having a large caseload or or even when I had a caseload of 50, I was seeing a lot of different age groups. Um, each week, I was so bombarded with meetings, assessments, and billing that planning for my caseload felt a lot like walking into my daughter's bedroom. Everything is scattered, right? <laughs> Clothes are scattered all around the room. You're not really sure which clothes are dirty and which clothes were the pile that you provided neatly folded to be put away because it's they're all over the place. Knickknacks are placed in all the dressers. There's no real, you know, everything's everywhere. Pairs of shoes can be found under the bed and in various spots of the room. So when you try to tell your child to clean up the room, there are so many things scattered around that the idea of putting everything back in its place is completely overwhelming, right? So instead of putting things back into the correct drawers, what do you do when you're overwhelmed? Well, you just start shoving things into spots so that the bedroom floor is free from clutter and it looks like 
all is well in the room, right? Everything's cleaned and put away. Mom, I cleaned my room. (laughs) But when you take a closer look and you go to investigate this so-called clean room, you find that things have not really been put back where they were supposed to, or things are hiding under the bed because of that overwhelm with the process of cleaning up, right? Does anyone else have a daughter or son that does this exact same thing? Because my nine-year-old daughter does it. And I would probably say that there's, I do the same thing. I'm a shover, okay? If I'm overwhelmed, I have a shoving drawer spot for when, oh my goodness, my speech therapy room is a giant chaos of piles and paperwork and I have an IEP meeting in my office in 30 minutes or maybe in 10 minutes and I need to shove some things and put it away so that everything looks orderly and organized so that the parent and the team feel welcomed in my room. Can anyone relate to that? Okay, that was a total side story. But if you can relate to things being scattered, like a a bedroom, a child's bedroom, who has been putting things all over the place, that is what planning for a caseload can easily become. It can just become this scattered mess of therapy, right? It's not that we're not doing the job. It's not that we're not planning, but we are so scattered with our planning that we just begin to grab books off the shelves. We're grabbing toys out of the closet or games off the shelf and going, okay, let's see how we can cover all the goals. And so you are totally getting the job done because you are a flexible and adaptable uh, speech pathologist who can think on his or her feet. But what happens is You can't remember what you planned from last week to this week and everything just starts to get a little blurry. And and this is definitely how I felt when I was managing a caseload of 72 to 83 students. And I always like to provide a range because at the sites that I that I worked at, it was it was a revolving door of coming and going every week. And I could go from 70 kids to 80. In a matter of a winter break, I tell you, and between exiting kids and having kids come in and then having kids transferring, it was it was a revolving door and it really made it difficult to streamline my therapy process to cover my preschool to sixth grade caseload. And I wasn't feeling confident with my lesson plans because even if I was providing decent therapy, you know, I didn't like the feeling of each group kind of going, okay, I guess I'm going to do this thing, or I guess we'll play Go Fish again. Um, So it wasn't that I wasn't getting the job done. I just personally felt cognitive overload for myself, and it was draining me. Having a framework for my therapy allowed me to have some structure. It gave me some structure around what to plan, which benefited me because it reduced my own cognitive load and actually got me to plan instead of staying in that state of overwhelm and just being like, I don't know what to do next kind of thing. But then it also gave me some flexibility to, you know, veer off the plan a little bit or to adapt something. So that's where, you know, because I needed so much structure to cover a lot of different goals and ages, I began turning to planning by themes. 
and planning by themes just fits for me. And you can listen to episode 44 on how to cover various goals using themes to really dive into the possibilities of how you can adapt a theme to cover many, many goals on your caseloads. So today, that's what I'm going to share. Three reasons why I use a theme longer than one week. And that's what I found to be beneficial after doing theme therapy for so long. And if you are already like, Belize, I love, 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 love theme therapy. And you're like, I do it all the time. I want to tell you about a free guide that I've created to help you with planning by themes. I'm really excited about this uh, guide because it has over 70 themed ideas to use with seasonal or non-seasonal themes. So if you are in a rut and you're like, I don't know what theme to plan next, this guide has tons of ideas. Um, It has a giant list of themes. It also comes with an editable monthly calendar to help you plan which themes you want to use in a month, as well as an editable themed therapy cheat sheet. So you can write notes directly on the PDF that you, for, you know, materials and goals and activities that you want to use with your students. You're going to save it or print it out, and then you have that cheat sheet year after year to reference uh, as you continue to use this theme with your students. To grab the free theme therapy planning idea guide, text the number 44222. Again, it's 44222 with the code themed therapy guide. It's all capitals. Again, the code is themed therapy guide. And I will put this information in the show notes for you to reference in case you're driving and you don't remember the code. You can go back to the show notes and find the code so you can grab your free theme therapy planning idea guide. Okay. So let's dive into talking about planning by themes for longer than a week. When I think of planning by themes, I think it's a lot like meal planning. There are several ways you can do it, but when you take the time to really think through your theme, you can go deeper and have the content stretch longer than a week. And so it's very similar to meal planning because if we really think through our meal plan for the week, we often can make sure to grab ingredients that would work for several meals, which cuts the grocery bill cost. Like let's say we were going to make spaghetti and then do tacos. We could use one onion to cover both of those meals, right? And then we can also have meal plans that provide leftovers, which then covers our lunches. That means one less thing to think about preparing, right? Because it's already ready to go the next day. And plus, if you can even meal plan to the point of knowing which portions of the meal you can batch cook. You can often have dinner whipped up for the fam in 30 minutes. And for example, like I said, with the spaghetti and taco meal, if you know that's the meal that you're going to do for two of the meals during the week, you can prep that ground beef on Sunday and have it already in the fridge ready to throw into the tacos or throw into the spaghetti sauce. And it cuts down on that cognitive load. It cuts down on that time to get dinner on the table 
so that you can feel like, whew, I can get this done. It's not an overwhelming task. Kids are fed. I can, I still have time to clean up the kitchen and I have my meal for the next day at work. So I don't even have to think about waking up early for my lunch. I wish I, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you guys in all realness, I wish I could meal plan the way that I plan for therapy by themes. <laughs> I, I'm hoping to get back into a rhythm, but I really have struggled with meal planning. I think because I have a toddler at home and a 12-year-old and a nine-year-old. And so a lot of times lately, my husband helps with meals too. So we are it's, it's just a fluid uh, process right now. But there was a time when I tried to plan like this. So this, but can you guys relate to that? So that when we, when you, when I would sit down and actually meal plan and think through my meals, I was able to get a lot of these benefits uh, where I felt great about dinner getting on the table quickly. I had a meal for the next day at work and, and I felt like we were saving money because there wasn't, number one, there wasn't a desire to go out to eat, but then there was also just leftovers and I wasn't buying over in produce or with meat and I was able to reuse things. So that is really how I think of planning therapies by theme for longer than a week because it has a lot of benefits just like thoroughly meal planning, right? So when I say that you can use a theme longer than a week, I mean that I use a theme for at least two weeks. And if I'm feeling really, really good about a theme, I can use it for three to four weeks in therapy. And uh, when I think of a song or a song lyric that reminds me of planning by themes, um, I start humming the song by Cake. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. <laughs> you guys know that song? Um, I just think that when we're planning by themes, we want to aim to pick a theme that's going to let us go the distance with it. Uh, there are def and Let me just caveat this by saying there are definitely weeks where maybe I do a theme for a week. And that might be like Valentine's Day because it's really, you know, only one week of a holiday. But you could you could continue that theme going on the next week. But yeah, when we pick themes, we really want to think of a theme that's going to take us the distance. And, and that goes into my first reason for planning by themes is that it streamlines the planning process for you. When you know that you are going to do a beach theme and a camping theme for the month of June and July, you know where what you're focusing on. You're focusing on camping. Um, you're focusing on the beach, and so you know specifically what you're going to be looking for when you're when you're trying to find materials. Um, often under that that once I pick my theme, like I said, with the if you look at the theme therapy guide uh, planner cheat sheet. This can help you also plug in very quickly, like what you need for different grades. So, you know, typically when I do a theme, I am always looking for books or articles or videos. So I am able to immediately go, okay, for my pre-K to first grade students, I'll look at my goals and then I will find a book some videos, you know, some extension activities. And, and in that way, I'm plugging in what I want to do with this theme. And if you're taking it, it does take some time. 
It does take some time. And especially if you're a little bit new to it, it's going to take a little bit of extra time and brain power to work through planning a theme if this is, you know, if you're new to planning by theme. So it's going to feel like this isn't saving me time. It's going to feel like that in the beginning. But, you know, thank goodness for Pinterest and Teachers Pay Teachers and social media for giving ideas and blogs and all that stuff. You can definitely find some ideas very quickly. And once you have it written down on a cheat sheet, you are able to access that theme the following year. And if you think about it as, hey, I'm going to use this theme, like it's not worth it to just do all that work and then only do it for a week. And that's one of the reasons why I'm like, you should do it longer than a week because it's going to allow you to to use the activities that you spent the time maybe prepping or searching for longer. And one, one little ninja hack that I do is I try to also look at how can I reuse this activity, but add one little element or take away something or, or switch something around so that the kid feels like it's a novel activity, but it's still the same activity that you, that you planned. And so for example, maybe you're using some beach verb action cards or Play-Doh smash mats. And so the first time that you use it, you're using Play-Doh, but then the next time they come in, you're going to use those same Play-Doh mats, but you are going to use magnetic wands and chips. And so it still feels novel and exciting, but it's the same thing. And that is how you are going to stretch that activity. And, and that leads into my next reason for using a theme longer than a week is that our kids need to stick with the content or the, of the theme longer than a week. It will build deeper semantic networks it allows more time for you to focus on building that background knowledge and exposure to the knowledge of the theme. Um, and it also increases engagements with the vocabulary and language concepts. And going back to, to my first reason that it streamlines your planning, it also allows you to become more comfortable with the content you are teaching. I mean, how often are you, you know, grabbing a fiction, a nonfiction passage and, and trying to learn all the concepts in the passage to then grab another passage that has something that's a totally different topic and having to then relearn all those, you know, concepts and information so that you can teach the, the child. But if you're picking themed nonfiction passages that could also align with your, you know, with your middle school kids, but then also your K-2 two students, you're going to know the content better. You may have to learn the, the higher, you know, ordered language concepts for your middle school or upper elementary students, but then you'll know that content to then adapt it and, and simplify it to then still use it with your, with your younger students. And so if, you know, for you, it's even hard. So imagine a kid who is getting different types of books or concepts every time you come in, it's, it's going to be hard to grasp what they need to attach meaning to. And as we know for our students with language impairments, kids need up to 36 engagements with a word to learn it. 
So students with typically developing language skills may only need up to 12 engagements with a word to learn it. So if we can pick a theme that either perks their interest um, or it's relevant to their background, it's something that they experience um, like summertime. We all are experiencing summertime so they can relate to that or it aligns with the classroom curriculum. We essentially, if we're doing a theme longer than a week, we're increasing the engagements with all the, the words and concepts. And then if they're doing it in the classroom, they're getting even more engagements. But we are also able to go deeper with building word associations and attaching, you know, a taxonomy about the different words from the season. So they're really diving deeper with the vocabulary and the story. And and then you're also able to take the time to really teach that background knowledge that may be lacking from that child's um, world so that they can really understand the beach. Maybe they live in a place where they are not near the beach. So you are going to teach them all about the beach so that when they do go visit it, they're going to be like, oh my goodness, I remember Mrs. Clark was talking about how the sand feels and how you can find seaweed and, and shells because we saw that in the picture. So it's it's really it can help you rest easy that you don't have to keep making new themes and and bombarding kids with more themes. You can use the same theme and go deeper for longer. And it's beneficial for our students. It's beneficial for all students, but especially our kids with language impairments that need that extra time and exposure. And then thirdly, it can be more cost effective when you are planning for themes. And thirdly, it can be more cost effective for you if you're planning less themes in a year. If you guys know me, I love toys. I love books. I love games. I love materials. I love all that stuff. I think it's sometimes I think I buy stuff more for myself to stay inspired for my kids but my kids don't need it. Um, What they really, you know, and so when you have less themes, let's say you're only planning two themes a month, you aren't going to always be on the hunt for more toys or more activities to purchase off Teachers Pay Teachers or more books or games or looking for more websites. You will have what you need. And let's say you're like, let's keep using the beach example. Let's say you have, you know, kinetic sand for your sensory bin and you have four beach themed books and you have, you know, some extension activities. That's enough. It's like I said before, it's all about how you can adapt and make something feel engaging for the students so that you can keep reusing those materials. And then the following year, you can look to see, okay, where could I add a couple of little activities for my beach theme? But you're not going to have to plan for a beach theme, a camping theme, an ice cream theme, and a summer theme. You know, then it starts to feel maybe a little bit more um, expensive because not only are you looking for activities, you're now looking for toys and games and books and it can get a little out of hand, right? So when you have less themes to plan for, you essentially can save more money um, when implementing that theme. I hope this episode helped you shift your mindset to knowing why it's okay to stay with a theme longer than a week. Remember, the three reasons I shared were streamlining your planning. It helps 
build deeper semantic networks for your students and their background knowledge on a topic or theme, and it can be cost effective. So if all of these resonate with you, I want you to, I want you to try a theme out. And now, you know, you don't have to plan a ton and ton of themes all year long. You can stick with one a month, two a month, and all will be well in the world. (laughs) Again, SLPs, if you are wanting to start planning therapy by themes, but you need ideas, remember you can grab my free theme therapy planning idea guide. So just text the number 44222 with the code themed therapy guide. It's all capitals. It will definitely get you inspired with things that might do well for your caseload. And as always, be the SLP that every kid wants to see. Don't forget to have a great week and I will see you next week. Bye everyone. Uh